We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dean here at Dean7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it's 3 o'clock on the East Coast, 12 o'clock on the West Coast. But of course, that means it's time for Yahoo DFS Live presented by Roto Grinders. Joining me once again, as always, we merge the season long people with the DFS, DFS uh, weekly people here at Roto Grinders. And, uh, you know, two of the best here as far as uh, Yahoo has to offer. Leading off is Dalton Deldon, a very excited Dalton, because Dalton, you, uh, you had a future bet on the Houston Astros. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, back in March, I was in Las Vegas and I threw a, a decent amount of money on um, on the Astros to win the World Series at 15 to 1. Um, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, so this was doubly going against the Dodgers. I was really, uh, I, I, I was pessimistic entering game seven, you know, on the road. They had not been hitting as well outside of Houston, but what a game. Anticlimactic, you know, the series was one of the best I've ever seen. And I thought it was going to have a lot of drama, but five nothing after two innings. I'm, I'm extremely happy with the outcome. So uh, next time I, I see you guys, uh, lunch is on me. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I was uh, I was with you as well as far as Houston, and I was happy to see them win. And I was I was pessimistic as well. I thought once I thought their best chance was a uh, game six with Verlander. Once I saw them blow that, I was like, well, it's going to go the Dodgers' way. Yeah. And they have Kershaw lurking in the bullpen. Obviously, it was great, but didn't really account for uh, Darvish to get smashed for what five runs or so. Let's bring in uh, Liz Loza. Liz, how's uh, Thursday treatment? Oh, it's pretty good. And I uh, was actively rooting against the Dodgers as someone who lives <laughs> in Los Angeles and doesn't want fireworks going out and waking up my small children at like, you know, 11 p.m. Not that that stopped them from sleeping anyway. <laughs> I like how that that's an interesting motivation that I never thought of, but that makes perfect sense. So it's perfectly reasonable. And you're not you're not from L.A., right? No, I'm a Cubs fan. So once the Dodgers knocked off the Cubs, uh, I, I was fine. Let's give it to the Astros. I don't care. Just just very quiet at 11 p.m. in my neighborhood, please. 
We're going to break down week nine in just a second. But, of course, you always look back as far as week eight, the lineups we rolled out there, uh, the Roto-Grinders team, the uh, Yahoo team, we all put out our own personal lineups. And, uh, Dalton, let's talk about yours first. Tell us uh, some of the things you hit on, some of the things that may, you may not have hit on so much. Yeah, worst week I've had in a while. I, I told everyone on this show to pay up for Le'Veon Bell. He didn't really pay the bills. Ezekiel Elliott had a nice game, but a lot of misses here. Mark Ingram had a nice game. Um, uh, my sleeper, $10 baller, Marquise Goodwin, was so asleep. He was catatonic. Uh, got zero points. Uh, Demarius Thomas just continues to disappoint in a, in a great matchup without Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Kansas City secondary has been getting burnt, but the quarterback play has just been abysmal in Denver. It's been 13 or 14 games since Demarius Thomas has scored a touchdown. He didn't come through. And my biggest, uh, biggest, you know, disappointment is Jordan Reed. Once you buy into the guy, finally scores two touchdowns. Um, go a little bit behind the scenes. Liz has Jordan Reed in a, in a very uh, high stakes league we play in. And he scored his only two touchdowns of the year on the, fall, the previous Monday night. <laughs> beat me by a point or two. So yeah. I'm like, oh, Reed looks healthy. So I'll roll with him. And of course, he hobbles off the field immediately, scores one point, and he's back. Put him out to pasture, man. The, the human hamstring pull, Jordan Reed. So that was that was another one of my uh, misses uh, last week. Yeah, I was on board with Reed uh, on my Yahoo team and all across the industry. And it was disappointing to watch him kind of limp off the field. And they once they throw that cue up, it's like there's no chance he's coming back. It's no. Jordan Reed. We know, we know his story ends. And I guess we'll be talking about uh, Vernon Davis as far as this week. Liz, how about your team? Oh, I, I don't think we need to look past, but I look towards the past. <laughs> I, I mean, um, so... Andy, I like the Andy Dalton, AJ Green stack a lot of places against Indianapolis and in that it didn't, you know, pay off um, that well. I think for me, the ultimate disappointment, I, I really thought Christian McCaffrey at Tampa Bay, you know, and I waffled of whether I was going to go with Mark Ingram or Christian, Christian McCaffrey, but um, I went with CMC and that was not the great greatest call. I liked Elshon Jeffrey's value. I think ultimately what really did me in, I thought Hunter Henry was going to have an awesome game against New England. No Donta Hightower, um, the heart of that defense. I really anticipated much more out of him as his snaps and targets had been rising over the past few weeks. Um, and so I paid up for him and he delivered, you know, two catches on two targets and I think 11 total yard so that was my major disappointment and similarly to Dalton I had you know my my ten dollar baller if you will um Deontay Thompson <laughs> I I I'm a Bears fan right and so I'm a little more familiar with Thompson than most and he had caught all four of his targets the week before for over 100 yards I like the rapport he had with Ty with Tyrod and so I thought okay that Oakland secondary is totally decimated with injuries he's gonna go off he did not, and between him and Hunter Henry, the rest of the squad just want one. Yeah, piggyback yeah. on Andy Dalton real quickly. Uh, Cincinnati, what's up with the Bengals? I mean, life and death is double-digit favorites at home against the Colts. It takes a defensive touchdown for them to win by a point. I also hyped a Joe Mixon on this show last week. It's 1.6 yards per carry, loses a fumble. Yeah, that was a great 67-yard uh, catch and run, but he's caught from behind. He just continues to disappoint as well. I that, that whole Bengals situation is just pretty much a disaster right now. And uh, A.J. Green gets, got bailed out by that. Touch. I think he was, it was the same drive where Mixon got caught. I think Green got a touchdown there, so it wasn't too bad. I actually had them both in my lineup. But, yeah, you, throw, you think about that one play for Mixon, and he was an absolute disaster. And Green, what, he had eight targets at least, I suppose, but three catches for 27 yards, kind of bailed out by a 10-yard touchdown. Uh, I, my $10 baller last week, and I always break the rules because whatever, I don't know. who's He was like 14 bucks was Juju Smith. Uh, uh, nice. 
So, yeah, I mean, he closed nicely for me. And I had Russell Wilson as well, too, at the quarterback. So those, those two definitely carried my team. But I also had uh, Jordan Reed and uh, his one catch for five yards, but didn't, mean, didn't do me a ton, ton of favors. LaShawn McCoy, I see me playing him every single week. Mark Ingram, I'm playing him every single week until those prices adjust. They've adjusted somewhat this week. We'll talk about it as far as how playable they are for week nine. And a guy I took a stand on Sunday morning was Deshaun Jack Djax. I thought he'd have a big game, and it just did not work out for me. But, uh, hey, watch out the, bust out the, the Etch-A-Sketch or the Men in Black uh, Mind Eraser. It, none of it happened. Now we're talking about week nine. Let's talk about guys who are willing to pay up for it, Dalton. Who's the guy that you want to pay up for in week nine on Yahoo? Um, week nine, is he worth it? We'll go. Um, I'm going to Kareem Hunt. I'm sticking with my theory that there's very few true workhorses in the uh, NFL right now at the running back position. I, I said Le'Veon Bell last week. He didn't explode. But Kareem Hunt coming off the first game in which he did not get 100 yards from scrimmage during his career. But, I mean, Denver shuts down everyone. They shut down Ezekiel Elliott this season, uh, I believe, with Sean McCoy. So they still have yet to allow a rushing score, only team in the NFL to do so. So, uh, obviously, the matchup is, uh, is much better. This week, uh, it's the highest over-under of the week. Uh, Dallas, Kansas City, 51 points. I expect the uh, the best thing about Kansas City and Alex Smith continuing to be a fantasy uh, guy is the fact that Kansas City, despite their, their win-loss record and looking like one of the better teams in the NFL, they're quietly beatable on defense, both in the secondary and I think they've allowed the third most yards per carry. So that actually helps the back and forth and not necessarily defensive battles, although Denver last week was a little different. But give me Kareem Hunt. He goes over the 100-yard mark, scores again. It's been a while since he's reached pay dirt, but I'm paying up for Green Pump this, this week for sure. Yeah, the weird thing with Hunt is that, you know, start of the season he was scoring a pile of touchdowns. Now of late, he hasn't scored a touchdown like in five weeks or so. It's like, you know, too many, not enough. It's like Goldilocks. Just, when is it going to be just right as far as touchdown uh, expectancy? It's going to be, uh, you know, that's probably how he's going to close out. He is $41 on the most expensive running back on the board, so it's a little bit trickier to get him in there. We talked about. McCoy is 34. Ingram, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, too, is 33. But uh, absolutely, if you have the funds, I have no issue at all with Hunt. What, what are your thoughts there, Liz, as far as Kareem? Well, I think he's the – so you're you're paying up for security in a situation like that. So, you know, if that's where you want to place your security, despite the fact that he hasn't scored a touchdown in quite a few weeks, um, I, I think it makes sense. 44 is a little pricey for me, but I understand Dalton's logic completely. How about yourself? Who do you want to pay up for this week? Uh, I'm paying up for DeAndre Hopkins because Deshaun Watson has proved to be no joke matchup proof. Watching that game against Seattle last week, I was completely blown away. And Hopkins is actually the most productive wide receiver in fantasy right now. He's got seven scores on the season. Yeah, one of them, one, uh, three of them came in, in one effort, but he's still behind just Antonio Brown in catches and yards with 45 grabs and 606 receiving yards on the season. That's an average of nearly six and a half receptions and 87 yards per game. The Colts obviously present a nice matchup. Okay, he's going to draw Vontae Davis, but Vontae Davis has not been the Vontae Davis of old recently. Um, he's allowing a passer rating of 109 and nearly two fantasy points per target. So if you're into math and you do it, in theory, Hopkins is averaging, um, is averaging over 10 targets per game. Davis is giving up nearly two points per target that could be a 20 point effort from deandre hopkins um he's 33 bucks if you don't want to spend up for that will fuller who cannot who can't not touchdown and cannot <laughs> score a touchdown is only 25 dollars. but i think that you know i want some exposure to that matchup in my lineup for sure yeah will fuller the new chris carter all he does is score touchdowns what is it it's like seven touchdowns and 13 catches something silly like that but certainly in play for tournaments if nothing else uh, 
Yeah, and then you mentioned Vontae Davis. Like, he's always been a guy we were kind of scared of. But he was dealing with the groin earlier this year. Maybe he's just a name brand at this point. Maybe he's just Cavaricci. He's like, at one point, he was a thing, but he's no longer a thing. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Dalton, as far as uh, – that's the other part of it. Is Hopkins is only $33. He's the most expensive receiver on the board, yes. Yeah. But we've paid 36 37 38 39 for the other more expensive running backs, uh, receivers on the board. So, it actually is a pretty reasonable price. And, obviously, the matchup is absolutely silly. The only concern would be – well, what if Houston's ahead 21 nothing in the middle of the second quarter after a defensive touchdown or something like that, and it's just all Lamar Miller? Uh, Dalton, thoughts on Hopkins? Yeah, well, I'll admit, uh, last week on this very show, uh, DeAndre Hopkins was my uh, hard pass, a guy to avoid in Seattle, and he goes off for 224 yards and a touchdown. Just incredible what Deshaun Watson is doing. I mean, not only did he go into Seattle and, and the first player ever, what was it, 400 yards and 50 rushing, but he did so as a rookie. And making just a sixth career start ever. It's just just insanely incredible. Yes, Seattle's defense may not be as good as it once was, but they still entered last week, allowing the fewest yards per attempt in the NFL. Uh, meanwhile, the Colts have allowed the most yards per attempt in the NFL. So it's obviously a great matchup. Uh, certainly not going to get any pushback from me using Donnie Hopkins. Six touchdowns the last four weeks. The targets have been there. You mentioned it, Dean. I guess the one concern is if they're just blowing out the Colts and they might not have to pass a lot in the second half. But that likely means they put a bunch of points on the board in the first half. So, sure, Gunnar Hopkins is the clear number one wide receiver this week. Also, I just want to say to that end, I mean, that's a consideration, right? But Bill O'Brien comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and it's not like Belichick has ever not stepped on the gas and embarrassed people, right? So I don't know how how willing uh, Bill O'Brien and his ego would be. He's not like McCarthy, right? He's not like, oh, we're just going to run now for the next you know, <laughs> half of the game. You're saying Bill O'Brien wants to cover the spread. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I, th I think he has a. I think he has a couple of motives. <laughs> uh, I really, really hope Watson's this good. Like, I don't know if he's this good, but I hope he's gonna be great. He seems like an awesome kid. He donated like uh, his first two paychecks to you know mm -hmm. uh, victims of the hurricane. If you look at the backstory, like he he grew up in one of those work done households. Like you know worked on a uh, is you know, working with Habitat for Humanity. It's a great story. Like like he was you know homeless and basically got free furniture. It was it's an awesome awesome story. If it's worth digging into, and uh, Watson seems like a great guy and. There's not a lot of great young quarterbacks in this league. A lot of the, like, the names are kind of old, and Andrew Luck, who knows what the deal was hit with him. And, uh, you know, hey, I, I hope Watson is the real deal, and I, I completely agree. You can absolutely pay up for Hopkins. My guys, uh, I have two. I, I think both guys are definitely in play on New Orleans. Michael Thomas and Mark Ingram. Hey, I'm back on Mark Ingram. Sure, why not? 33 bucks. Mm -hmm. He did fumble the ball twice last week, which is so much concerning to some extent maybe, but I've heard nothing as far as Sean Payton punishing him you know we've seen before like he's been in the doghouse in years past like he's always we always thought like he just hates the guy but you know it, it's his team right now and I know uh you know Kamara is lurking to some extent but he's more of the passing down guy change of pace guy and Michael Thomas hasn't really got loose for like the big one so far uh this year but this matchup seems absolutely great Tampa 31st DVOA against the pass 20th DVOA against the run this is a rebar stat rich rebar Tampa Bay has allowed a touchdown on 38.7 percent of their drives on the road this year uh, I think New Orleans just comes out and absolutely thrashes them then uh, there is some concern that hey New Orleans is ahead big well okay we'll just get the hammer and Ingram in the second half so Michael Thomas catches the big touchdown in the first half and Ingram is the hammer in the second half Liz are you on these uh, New Orleans guys I would actually over Ingram I would prefer Alvin Kamara because of the price difference I find Kamara I think is only $21 and that's incredibly cheap um, right now and you know the thing about Kamara is that you can use him. He's so versatile, right? Like he's being used as a, like a receiver out of the slot as well as a running back. They're gadgeting him. And we know that Sean Payton loves these sprawls the in type 
shiny new toys in his backfield. And now that he has one who that actually works after like the CJ Spiller attempts, um, he, I feel like he's in, he's more motivated to employ him and deploy him. And I like the matchup against Tampa Bay. You know, they've given up a score to the running back position through the air, um, a total of 324 yards to running backs via the air. So I think that Kamara might be like a sneakier, cheaper play. I actually played them both on a lineup last week, and it worked out perfectly fine. Like, yeah. they're both playable because uh, there's enough to go around. And it's also worth like, – Ingram is not immune to catching the ball. He's not LeGarrette Blunt back That's there. He, it, they, they will target him, too, at 6'5", 6'8", in the last five weeks or so. So he definitely sees plenty of targets as well. But uh, there is a big game coming for a Kamara. I, I agree. Uh, he's certainly worth a, you know, worth a roster spot if nothing else in your tournaments. Dalton, the New Orleans studs, are you on him or what? Yeah, I totally agree. This is a game this week's second highest total at 51 points. Uh, the Saints, what they started 0-2 and they won five straight. Uh, clicking on all cylinders. Uh, you mentioned it, obviously, the fumbles lost by Ingram. That's three in the past three weeks. Something of a mild concern if he puts it on the carpet right away. But but last year, he had a similar problem and bounced back with a huge game against the, the 49ers. Ever since Peterson's left, Ingram's been, what, a top three fantasy back uh, in the passing game. Uh, four touchdowns over the past three weeks. And that's with Kamara getting a a carry inside the five last week and him, him scoring as well. So they've just switched suddenly to this, this run first, better defense team. They're a ball control offense. Like that yeah. is so fun. And Tampa Bay, uh, although the, uh, Carolina was not able to expose them, they're ravaged in their secondary and against the run. Their defense is, is on its heels. Uh, Michael Thomas, I, I can't argue with that either. It's crazy that he's yet to reach 90 yards receiving in the game this year, but it's coming. Uh, the targets have been there. So yeah, I would absolutely load up on, on all saints this week. Are we passing on Breeze? Breeze is $38. He's the second most expensive quarterback. And I'm great. Again, the matchup is great. But like y'all are saying, Liz, uh, you know, they have a legit running game. They have a one-two punch. And we think they're going to be ahead. Of course, they can be ahead because of three Breeze touchdowns in the first half. But there is some, uh, some legitimate step-downs that are cheaper than Breeze. So what are your thoughts? So heading into week eight, Breeze was 13th in pass attempts. Drew Brees, 13th amongst quarterbacks in past times. That, to me, is bananas. And he threw for under 300 yards and zero scores against the Bears last week. Like, you have to imagine, and you look at the matchup like that, he should do more. But I don't see him clearing more than two scores in this game because the running game is so good. He doesn't need to. So, you know, I think we're still in that narrative mindset of like, oh, it's the Saints. They throw a ton. They're at the Dome. It's amazing. You know, he's going to go off. But I I don't really think that that's going to happen like the the Falcons and the Saints are not the automatic you know 400 yard efforts through the air anymore the other part of that is that the Saints historically have a terrible defense and they're playing catch up a ton right uh now they're ahead <laughs> like they, they've been and that I think they'll be ahead against Tampa at least that's what we, you know the what's what Vegas is telling us that's what logic tells us so uh Breeze are we running away from uh you know Dalton is that doing anything for you or it just seems a little bit too expensive for you know, his potential. Of course, again, tournaments absolutely in play, but for cash, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and I, I worry about Tampa Bay being able to put points up against the improved defense with a quarterback situation. Either got a banged up Winston not playing well or, or Fitzpatrick. But having said that, one interesting thing is that Breeze's ownership might be lower than normal just because of this cold, uh, cold for him stretch, you know, not not putting up the, uh, the elite volume as he normally does. But in general, I'm actually okay with paying up for quarterback this week, which is uh, typically not something I, I advocate, but with all the buys and then um, you have guys like Cam Newton playing Denver, uh, Kirk Cousins at Seattle. Uh, just in general this week, I'm okay with paying for the Dak Prescott, uh, Russell Wilson, even Alex Smith. I kind of like this week as well. So 
Uh, I wouldn't actually fault you for going with Breeze, uh, especially because right now we're having this conversation like, you know, Breeze is no longer the elite guy. So, so maybe his ownership is lower than, than, than in typical fashion. He doesn't have to throw a ball 50 times, basically. And That's Wentz true. is the guy playing Denver. But, yeah, points still made, obviously. Newton facing uh, Atlanta. Those are guys we want to pay up for. Uh, Dalton, let's talk about guys we don't want to pay up for necessarily. Who's uh, one of your big fades this week? Yeah, my bad. Yeah, Wentz is facing uh, Denver. But he he's killing it at home no matter who his opponent has been this year, admittedly. My, my hard pass this week is A.J. Green. We talked about the um, just the struggles that this offense has had in general. I know he has the reverse home splits over the past – few years but Jacksonville's allowed the fewest yards per attempt this year just 5.7 shut down opposing um opposing wide receivers so at that price I just think there are are certainly better better receivers to pay up for uh this week as as I mean you just mentioned Michael Thomas a dollar deeper I would definitely go that route or, or Des Bryant in what looks like a shootout to me I'd rather pay for those guys than, than pay up for AJ Green yeah it does seem like they adjusted his price just a little bit down to 28 to make it a little bit more tempting because like in a vacuum, AJ, AJ Green is like the top two, top three receiver, right? And, of course, Brown's not playing this week either. So, uh, you know, matchup neutral, he'd probably be the top two or three receiver, and he's not. He's number four as far as the asking price. But I, I do agree. It's a, it's a really, really ambitious play at Jacksonville. Just, it's so weird. Jacksonville's defense is just so legit. I, I just don't want to mess with them. Liz, uh, are we avoiding AJ Green as well? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and last week, I, I just think too, you know, when he disappointed, I, I know I wasn't the only one who stacked him and um, Dalton last week. And so Andy Dalton, not Dalton Dildon, obviously just a little clarification there. Um, um, so uh, yeah, I think you have to, you have to downgrade him because also that offense under Bill Lazor is still figuring itself out. Right. And I think I was on the show uh, the first week we opened talking about how evolution takes time and how some of the prices reflected, you know, we want, we want instant gratification and that's not just what's going to happen right away. And also, also game script doesn't set up great here because Jacksonville just wants to run the ball every single play and, and time of possession. And Cincinnati has just one of the most struggling offensive lines in the NFL and right. Jacksonville's on pace for an NFL record in sacks. So, so good That's luck, you know, taking a seven step drop and going deep to AJ green with that setup. You're saying Jacksonville's going to have like a nine minute, 17 play drive that ends in like an 18 yard field goal. Right. Probably, probably yeah, exactly. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Liz, who do you don't want to pay up for today? Well, I think Devonta Freeman is awfully expensive. If you take out uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who's suspended, he's the sixth most expensive or fifth most expensive um, running back on the board. The first of the, the like of the second tier of running backs, he's the most expensive, uh, just ahead of Lamar Miller, who's I think twenty six dollars uh, right now. Freeman is twenty eight. I, I also think you know, like the Falcons' sputtering passing game, which is currently thirteenth in the league despite the fact they closed out last year as the third most prolific passing offense, like that, that passing game that's sputtering is negatively affecting the ground effort, obviously. And over the last three weeks, Freeman has yet to top 15 total touches. Tevin Coleman is in there as well. Freeman hasn't found the end zone since week four. Now he's got this shoulder stinger, this combined neck issue and the Panthers run defense is allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs in a YPC of 3.8. So while I do like Freeman in general, I do have him outside of my top 10 players at the position this week, which makes his price tag of 28 just out of reach. Yeah, you mentioned Lamar Miller. He's $3 cheaper, and he's got a Q tag next to him. But as far as I know, I think he's going to play. It's We're recording this, of course, on a Thursday afternoon. But uh, he's $3 cheaper than Freeman. And if they were the same price, I would take Lamar Miller over Freeman. Right. The matchup just seems so, so good. Of course, I guess you could play the ownership game, but <clears throat> just not a spot for me to pick. 
Uh, Dalton, are we fading uh, Freeman as well? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, clearly the shoulder injury has resulted in them limiting uh, his touches. It's 33 carries over the past three weeks. And why not when you have such a capable alternative in Tevin Coleman? His 14 rushing attempts last week were his highest since his rookie season. So at that price, given the matchup, given he's banged up and the uh, scaled back workload, um, totally agree with this one. I would avoid Devontae Freeman right now. All right, so I'm kind of sort of somewhat walking it back as far as my hard pass to some degree. I'm not exactly sure where I'm standing. Again, it's a Thursday. Uh, plenty of time. I reserve the right to change my mind. Uh, but the Cowboys running back situation seems like an absolute mess. But they're all, I guess they're all 10 bucks, right, which makes it kind of interesting. Uh, Rod Smith, Darren McFadden, Alf Morris. Alf seems like the starter at this point, but who knows, who knows what that means. Uh, I think it's just, we'll talk about it in a second, but I think it's going to be a Dak game more than anything else. Probably in cash games, just because it's a tight cap on Yahoo, I probably will play Alf Morris, and regrettably so, but I don't think he's going to have a big game. But I think he's really, really fadeable in tournaments, and he's probably going to be super uh, super popular, depending on, again, how the news kind of rolls out in the next couple of days. So let's let's talk about it, Dalton. The, uh, the running back situation for Dallas, nobody really knows, right? We're all kind of sort of speculating. I guess Jones, uh, the owner, talked about Morris being the guy, but he's starting. But what does that even mean if he starts off slow and the hot hand is Darren McFadden, who – I assume he'll be active. We shall see. Uh, how are you handling the uh, the situation here? Yeah, news broke right before we started recording this that Rod Smith is their number two running back and Darren McFadden more of a change of pace guy. But I, I hear I agree, he definitely should be active uh, for you know a rarity this season. Alfred Morris at ten dollars, that is cheap. Uh, so he might be high highly owned, as you said. Uh, the Chiefs have quietly given up the third most yards per carry in the NFL, but it, it could be the quote unquote hot hand approach. Who knows once the bullets start flying. So it's definitely a tenuous situation in which we're just kind of taking, uh, you know, a, a blind faith leap. But if you're going to use any of these guys, it's definitely Alfred Morris because he has been the guy who's been active on the game days. And, and of course, the owner coming out and saying he's the number one on the depth chart, but should be a fluid situation. So there's definitely some risk involved, albeit at a, at a cheap price tag. What's your take, Liz? I'm sure you're fielding a lot of questions as far as uh, season long players as well. Yeah, well, uh, for me, uh, Alfred Morris has been the number two behind Elliott so far, but we also have to c consider the fact that Darren McFadden was that guy previously, right, in 2015 behind the offensive line that was that was so staunch that isn't as good this year, but it's still certainly above average. Um, and we have to also think about the fact that he's an injury-prone player, so maybe, just maybe, he's being saved as an insurance policy for a moment like this. We know that Alfred Morris can't catch balls. We know that Darren McFadden has an Arkansas connection with Jerry Jones. I know you like narrative streets, so I had to throw it out there for you, Dean. Appreciate um, it. So I feel like I feel like that they're being sneaky here. Like I I want every all the signs point to Alfred Morris being the guy, which means to me DMC is going to be the guy. Right. Yeah, I, I just can't say anything with a lot of confidence. But I, I, you know, Alf Morris, if you can project him to get like 15 touches or so at 10 bucks. Sure. Uh, and cash games, he makes, he can make other things work as well. But for tournaments, I, I think he's a really interesting fade because I can see that absolutely being a disaster. I can see it being a DAC game. And I mean, you know, who, McFadden, like you say, why not just save McFadden the entire season? Because they kind of sort of knew this was coming. Right. They kept, you know, procrastinating and whatever, but they knew this was happening at some point. It's no big surprise. While we're at it, Dalton, sure. Let's, let's talk about uh, the Dolphins situation, the disaster there. Damian Williams, uh, Kenyon Drake, do you like the Drake? Do you love the Drake? Do you hate the Drake? What's your thoughts as far as the Miami backfield? 
Well, I have to say I hate the Drake because the Seinfeld reference, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to pick them up just because the running back situation is so desperate right now in season long leagues, but Miami's the only team in the NFL without a carry inside the five yard line, terrible offensive line. And it's going to be a committee, unfortunately, is what I expect. I would go with Drake first, the pedigree, his age, maybe more upside, but Damian Williams is going to be the third down guy, the guy catching the passes. So I just, I just expect a timeshare that's ultimately frustrating for fantasy owners. Yeah, same deal. It's, it's kind of a leap of faith, right? I mean, I guess Drake seems like the, the sharper play right now, but who knows? Well, I mean, I just my question is, this offensive line is the same offensive line <laughs> that J.J. was running behind, right? As far as I, mean, I know. He wasn't doing anything. I mean, they, I, 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 I don't want to touch him, right? Like, I'm a huge J.J. truther. I love his skill set. Adam Gase has never been on the hype train. Remember the C.J. Anderson offer sheet debacle from yeah. a year ago? So I don't know if Adam Gase is just like, I don't, I don't like him. I'm tired of putting him into my office and it, my offense and it's not working out. But like, I don't see either of these guys being able to perform behind the, the protection, the run blocking unit that they're getting right now. So I don't want, I, I, I'm out. I just like that, uh, you know, one of the reasons why they get rid of him supposedly is a bad locker room guy. And like Jay Cutler's right there. I was like oh dude Adam Gase you just got real emo and you sent the wrong Jay packing that's <laughs> yeah I mean I just like that the Dolphins took on the uh, the, the, the don't care motto as a team that that's they're just embracing it all together uh let's fire off uh the hot take cannon Dalton what do you have for me well Aaron Jones I have him ranked as my number six running back uh this week uh, hopefully during the bye week they they made Nick Hundley passable kind of <laughs> made that game plan after seeing how, how bad he was throwing the ball downfield. But, boy, he just passes the eye test. I get that Aaron Rodgers would produce more scoring opportunities, but the flip side, Green Bay is going to – I mean, they're going to make Aaron Jones the centerpiece of the <clears> offense. <throat> I mean, he, he's got nine targets the last two weeks. Uh, that Saints defense is no total doormat like in the past, but even with terrible quarterback situation, he ripped them off for 131 rushing yards and a score. So I, I love Aaron Jones at home, uh, primetime. Uh, I'm treating him as a, as a clear-cut RB1, and, and I put him in my flex in my optimal uh, DFS lineup this week. You know, you mentioned that you're a Giants fan, a San Francisco Giants fan, and you turned Brett into, into Nick Huntley. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's right. <laughs> that's just how that works. And he's a catcher. He probably has a pretty good arm, right. I would guess. That's right, that's right. Good call. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's Huntley's so forgettable. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was buying the hype that he was going to you know, use his legs and be a viable uh, DFS <clears throat> option the last time he saw him. So I, I think I put him out of my, uh, out of my memory. They uh they played so scared. Like the play calling was so bad. Like they wouldn't let him throw the ball until I guess they, they were ahead was the problem. They were ahead in New Orleans by a little bit, and they just wouldn't let him throw it. And a, a game script's going to dictate it as far as Hundley if they let him actually go. But if they're ahead, I I do agree. Like I think they're going to run the ball as much as possible. Uh, I think he's pretty interesting. What what are your thoughts there, uh, Liz? Oh, I love Aaron Jones this week. I've never been a Ty Montgomery fan. Dude is averaging 2.0 yards per carry against a base front, which was fine before when Aaron Rodgers was under center because all he saw were light fronts, but oh, that has changed. Also, Aaron Jones is just a better specimen. Like he may not be as good of an athlete as Ty Montgomery or as good of a football player, but he is a better pure running back. And that's what the Packers need right now. We just we talked, I referenced earlier, Mike McCarthy's desire to just, you know, irrationally lean on the run and the Lions, the matchup for them are, are going to be without Haloti Nata. So I think Aaron Jones is a, I love him this week. I too have him in my optimal lineup. It seems we have a very similar hot takes. So I'll let you fire first, Liz. Oh, okay. So 
my my hot take it it takes a couple of uh, steps to get there so we, we talked earlier no ezekiel elliott well we're all i think in agreement that dallas is going to throw the ball now allow dak to air it out a little bit when dak did that last year in the in in the stead of tony romo his favorite target was cole beasley now some of that was because des was banged up and so it took a little bit more time to build that rapport but still last year cole beasley led the team in targets um he is out with a concussion so that's problematic also the chiefs are giving up a ton of targets across the slot but who would be next up that person's name is ryan switzer and he's a he's a a, a rookie out of north carolina heading into the season scott linehan said that he wanted to have a he wanted switzer to have a huge role he had a huge man crush on him he actually mentioned specifically him being depth behind cole beasley if you're looking for a $10 baller, of which I have many, but this is going to be another one, I think Ryan Switzer is the hottest take possible on this board. Well, my take is much more mild from a Dallas perspective. I, I agree Dak's going to be awesome, but I, I went, like, easy. <laughs> I went, I just said Dez is going to get 100 yards, two touchdowns. Dak's going to get 300 yards and three touchdowns, potentially one on the ground as well. And I, I think it's going to be the Dez, uh, the Dez and Dak show. And, uh, like, but that, that's awesome. Like, I, I saw that name. I'm like, wow. Okay, and then I started digging into it. I'm like, okay, this could be interesting. And nobody's going to play him if you want to be in a vicious tournament. So right, it's, it's a- not a cash game play, right? Like, you're not going to mess with it. But I think in tournaments, like, if there's a dart throw, if Cole Beasley doesn't play, Ryan Switzer's going to see some action. And I liked his college tape. He, per, per, he uh, impressed quite a bit, especially, like, heading into the Senior Bowl. So I think this could be a quiet like his arrival game. Now, Cole Beasley plays like even, but Cole Beasley did see red zone targets last year and people discount that. They sort of think that he was just this Lily Putin-esque chain mover, but he was actually much more than that. So um, I, I think that that's, that's my hottest of takes. You referenced the $10 ballers, so let's fire him out. Uh, Dalton, you go first. First of all, I agree with you guys in Dallas. I and mean, that's just going to be a shootout. I have Dak Prescott everywhere. Even though Des Bryant's gone 14 straight games, Without recording 100 yards, I don't think Marcus Peters is someone to shy away from. He's more of a name. He stays stationary on one side of the field. So I, I expect a total shootout, and I like all those guys. Obviously, without uh, Zeke, they're going to throw it more. Kansas City's offense is so much better. So expect a big back-and-forth game there in a, you know, in a dome environment. The weather shouldn't affect it as we saw so much rain last week. So totally on board with you guys there. How about Alex Collins, who uh, remains cheap at just $13, uh, close enough for the $10 baller. Uh, he's yet to receive a single goal line carry this year. Might be because he's lost a couple fumbles, but I mean, he's clearly the superior runner to Buck Allen. Um, not only does he have the most yards per carry in the NFL, he actually has the most uh, rushes that's gone for 15 yards or more with 10 of them. So it's not just a lack of volume, a small sample when you look at the yards per carry. He's ripping off those long runs. Uh, Joe Flacco obviously isn't great, but it, he's an upgrade of Ryan Mallett, and it looks like he will play. So not the greatest matchup. Tennessee defends the run pretty well, but Alex Collins looks like a, a beast in the making. Seattle made a big mistake dropping him for Eddie Lacy. Um, so he's going to, I mean, even Harbaugh came out and said Collins has earned a bigger role at $13. Uh, I, I like his value uh, a lot this week. Uh, your thoughts on Collins, Liz, and then fire off your hot take. Well, I agree. He's earned himself a larger role. I'm just a little bit worried about game flow. And Tennessee is not a pushover against the run. Um, so, for me, uh, these two teams are, are really tough to project in terms of game script because their offenses are have so many question marks. So I do like um, his price tag, though, and his ability. So, you know, if you're looking for a cheap running back, I agree with Dalton that he's the best you're going to be able to find at that cost. Uh, my $10 baller, I have two. One starts at $13. It's Sammy Watkins. 
he's an elite talent, but he has been the invisible man in Los Angeles with my Rams. Um, Heading into, let's see, in week seven, last week was week eight, it's all starting to blur. Uh, but in week seven, uh, just in advance of the team's bye, he saw his highest, tar- second highest target total, five of the season, and his first red zone target since week three. You know, Sean McVay talked about getting him the ball more, trying, there was some social media fuffle about uh, Watkins wanting to be more involved. And then they're in by, so I have to imagine they use this week off to find ways to feed him. And there's no Janoris Jenkins, no Jackrabbit on the other side of the ball, which certainly makes Watkins a, a more viable option at only $13. I got to love that talent and situation. So I think he's a perfect wide receiver three in a lot of lineups. Um, $10 baller, another tight end. And this one's actually $10. I don't think Delaney Walker is going to play on Sunday. He has this bone bruise in his ankle. Uh, he's currently day-to-day, so it's a pain management issue, but he was on crutches on Monday. Jonu Smith who has flashed, he scored in weeks two and three against Jacksonville and Seattle, respectively, is an interesting buy that the team is high on him and uh, he and Mariota have some decent rapport. And I think he could sneak his way into the end zone. Listen, he's not going to catch like more than three balls, but I do think one of them ends up in the end zone. So he's a nice, uh, if you're looking to save at the tight end position or just, you know, a a $10 flex, um, I think Smith could do it for you. Assuming, of course, that Walker doesn't play. I don't. Uh, I don't want to root injury against anybody. I don't want to harm against anybody. But I'm with you. I would be very excited if uh, if Walker sits. Uh, Baltimore, thirty second. There's thirty two teams in the league. They're they're thirty second DVOA against tight ends. And uh, just little I've seen of Johnny Smith. He looks like an act- like an athlete. He's not a dad runner. He's uh, he, he's, <laughs> he's got some, he, He's not Jared Everdaris. He's all. got he's got some <laughs> legit skill to him. So I, I and for ten dollars, I'm looking for uh, Dalton will bring you in because uh, you know tight ends this week. There's a lot of options out there. Uh, I just don't know how I can make him work financially, you know, with the, with the salary cap. Ertz is certainly playable, but 30 bucks is so expensive. Denver, that's the one way to get them, though, via the tight end. Kelsey is certainly in play. Jimmy Graham, I like a lot, but 22 bucks. not sure if I can get there. Uh, where are you at as far as, like, your tight ends? Jack Doyle, I guess it's going to be kind of chalky after last week. It feels like a chase, but it's not really a chase because he's been getting the targets the last three weeks or so, and they should be way behind. And garbage time points, those matter, those matter as well. So uh, give me your overall assessment there as far as the tight end spot. Yeah, real quick, circling back to, to Liz's uh, picks, uh, I, I agree with Sammy Watkins. Maybe they spent their, their bye week, you know, finally figuring out how to implement him more <laughs> into the offense. And Janoris Jenkins, obviously, out. I'm actually going to fly across the country a Saturday to be at that game. I've never been to MetLife Stadium. So it looks like it, with possible rain, though. I don't know how that's going to be. Another a real sleeper, uh, cheaper guy in that in that for BFS. I, I like Orleans Darkwa against uh, the Rams. Uh, totally beatable uh, run defense. Um, as for tight ends, I, I went uh, kind of a stars and scrubs approach with my optimal lineup, and I and I threw in just Austin Hooper for for ten dollars. I know he's kind of hit or miss if he's going to score. He scored last week and then dropped another one in the end zone. But yeah, Jack Doyle, man, the targets have just been out of control for him. And I know you're going to talk about uh, an indie guy, and that, that that game script just sets up for again so many passes. I mean, Houston's going to put up a ton of points. Indy can't run the ball, so they're just going to be spending the whole second half. It might be ugly getting there, but uh, but Doyle's looking at a ton of targets again. But but personally, right now, I, I've been kind of spending down at the position. Ryan Griffin at twelve dollars, another option. Uh, Ed Dixon is is another option as well. With um, with uh, with no Kelvin Benjamin there, he's only eleven dollars at home against Atlanta, so he's another cheap alternative. Let's talk about that for a second with Benjamin uh, gone. Does Funches get heightened as well? I think McCaffrey might see like 13 targets. Like, what are your thoughts as far as the passing game there for Carolina? I've moved Funches up in, in my, my rankings. I get that he might see more coverage or whatever, and he already was seeing a decent amount of volume. But 
I expect his targets to get more in the 9, 10, 11 range. Uh, should be Cam Newton's first read now, and it should especially benefit him in the red zone. So I do think that uh, that trade definitely benefits uh, Funchess's fantasy value. What's your read there as far as uh, Carolina lives? I, I like Christian McCaffrey again. I mean, I know I got burned by him a little bit last week. Um, he's $21 in our game this week. And you can use him all over the place. So I think he is going to see a, a lot more targets. He's not a running back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they implement Curtis Samuel at all or how that shakes out, if there's some overlap in in volume between CMC and Samuel. Though I'm not, you know, I'm not rolling out Samuel anywhere. I just That's just something to keep an eye on, I guess, more for season long. But I think... I agree with Dalton that, that Funches does get a bump up, but I think in DFS, 21 bucks for, for CMC with no um, Calvin Benjamin makes – I'm going to play him. I just can't avoid that price tag. Uh, Vernon Davis with Jordan, with Jordan Reed out. I, I was hoping he'd be like 10 bucks, maybe 11 bucks or 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. He's like 15 they're asking for. We've seen whenever he's asked to step in, he's always been a, a guy that's done really well. The tricky part is they also lost, but Niles Paul, I think he had a concussion last week, so – I don't know if, uh, how this is going to work, if they're going to bring somebody off the practice squad and have them come in to block. Is, is Davis going to be asked to block more? Uh, do you have a, a read in this list? Well, I think Davis is interesting uh, because Jamison Crowder is also banged up. They finally found a way to get yeah. him involved and use him last week. So if he's banged up and not 100%, you have to imagine that uh, Davis's volume is going to go up. And also, Dalton, you know this, what team did, did Davis play for forever? <laughs> And what, oh. te- and, and what division is that team in? Like, if anyone has a read on the defense here, it's Vernon Davis. So I think, while I agree 15 bucks isn't great, it's a more secure play than Ryan Griffin or John o. Smith. Yeah, wa- Washington has obviously problems at the X receiver position, big time. Uh, they're the number one receivers, Chris Thompson. And they can't run the ball. And Seattle is finally, you know, as usual, second half of the season, their offense is clicking. So they're going to, you know, Washington's going to be playing from behind. And a key here is Earl Thomas is out of this game. Out. That's right. Tight end position. So Vernon Davis is definitely an interesting play this week. So you referenced the Dalton, the cheapy I was talking about. There is a big opportunity cost, I think, to quarterbacks this week because, well, I mean, we haven't really talked about Deshaun Watson. We kind of mentioned it, but $42 is really hard to get to. But, I mean, he's just been smashing everybody in this matchup. is such It's just cake. And the hope, I guess, if you're not having him is basically he doesn't go for – uh, four quarters. <laughs> they, they, they pump the brakes a little bit to some extent. Uh, Breeze, of course, I think he's be perfectly fine. Wilson at $37, very, very playable. And Prescott at $37, also very playable. But if you want to have a different build, different lineup build in tournaments, and I think you could even do this in cash. Again, I'm not there just yet as far as my lineup building process. It's just Thursday. But Brissett, uh, Brissett uh, should be involved in a bit of a shootout here against Houston. We you know we saw last week uh, Seattle absolutely destroyed that secondary. Of course, you know, nobody's going to confuse Wilson for Brissett, but uh, they're going to be behind. Like, we, we, you know, the game script suggests the way all logic tells us that Indy will probably be down 10, two, you know, two, two touchdowns, something like that. Not 10 touchdowns, 10 points or two touchdowns, somewhere possibly 10 touchdowns. But stay tuned. We shall see. But, uh, yeah, Brissett uh, in some garbage time. And you can pair him with the guy with Doyle. And, you know, I know nobody wants to pair him with T.Y. Hilton, the way T.Y. Hilton's been playing of late. But we know his big playability. We know he's better in domes. Uh, is anybody interested in T.Y. Hilton in a tournament? You know, obviously in a cash game, it doesn't make a ton of sense. But Liz, a uh, bounce back for T.Y., is it going to happen or maybe not? No, I'm, I, I'm not brave enough. I mean, no, I'm just going to I also think he's not. I, I'm, I'm looking up his price tag because he's $20. I don't, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't do it. 
he's a better value around the industry. And yeah, he went twenty dollars. It's hard to do, but again, that's another reason why you think nobody's going to own him. And I guess you can play him with tournaments. You compare him with Brissett. Well, Dalton made a great point in his wrap up column at the at the top of this week that the Texans have had trouble covering secondary receivers. Um, Dalton, do you think that that means what that what what would that mean potentially for Hilton? Yeah, that's a problem. They don't really have any. I mean, yeah. Longreef has just been such a disaster. Uh, so that yeah, I don't know if there's anyone who could take advantage. Of I don't that. want Aiken has t- what a- Kamar Aiken you know catches two balls a game right. if that. Yeah, but I mean th- this Houston secondary in general has been kind of banged up, and uh, Brissett finally threw multiple touchdowns for the first time last week. And for all Cincinnati's faults, uh, their secondary had been playing well. He rushes the ball, so I, I could um. I could see him as if you want to, you know, quote unquote, punt the position. I'm on board with, with Brissett. Having to play from behind should just result in volume. But yeah, T.Y. Hilton, it comes down to price. And as Dean alluded to, it's, it's different across the industry here at DFS. But I, I, I do think there's a possibility of the narrative of squeaky wheel gets the grease with him because he has been complaining. He has massive home road splits this year. And obviously they're on the road this week. But I do think he's an interesting tournament play just because he's been such a disappointment as a big name you figure his ownership is going to be the lowest maybe it's ever been. Going to step aside and get out of here in just a second. Does anybody have any uh, Thursday night takes? The Buffalo versus the Jets. Strap yourself in. This is going to be a doozy. Uh, Liz, I guess McCoy at 34 bucks seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, he's had seven targets over his past two games, over 100 total yards in his last three you know, he is the Bills' effort, at least until we see how much Calvin Benjamin is involved. I mean, I think Calvin Benjamin's got to be the the big story of this game. Um, he's only he's twenty dollars. So hey, would you rather um, have Calvin Benjamin at twenty bucks or Ty Hilton at twenty bucks in this one? There's, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think I think um, McCoy's a fine price tag. We all a lot of both. I think all three of us played him last week. But to me, Calvin Benjamin is is the is the story here. Adult, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if you're using this game, uh, you have to use McCoy. I mean, he's simply the by far the, the, the player to, to the best fantasy option in this in this game without question, even though he's been better at home dating back to last year. Uh, they're starting to use him just like one of the biggest workhorses in the NFL. The crazy thing is Josh McCown has 10 total touchdowns the last four games. Um, I It's just been one of the bigger surprises. And, he, you know, he routinely cheap in DFS. Robbie Anderson has emerged as a clear number one receiver for the Jets, and, and I like him. I, I think he's kind of the real deal. So it's another sneaky option. ASJ, the touchdowns are there, but man, the yards per catch is like the worst in the NFL. So I don't know if his price tag is quite meeting his production on the field lately. But um, it's going to be another ugly slugfest, low-scoring Thursday night game. I, I fear. I don't. I don't like Robbie Anderson this week, even though he scored in back-to-back weeks. And I get that his sixteen-dollar price tag is interesting, but Tre'Davious White, who he's expected to see a lot of is allowing under four catches and 44 yards per game. He's a passer rating, allowing a passer rating of just 79. So I think when you consider that Jeremy Curley is suspended for this game, uh, ASJ will have a better chance of volume. And at, even at $19, I'd rather pay up for him than, than bother with Robbie Anderson. Um, the Buffalo defense, even without EJ Gaines, is, is pretty stellar. Um, so... Yeah. Four straight games with at least three turnovers. I mean, that's pretty unheard of. I mean, yeah, Buffalo's D has just been the most uh, takeaway force I've seen in a while. So uh, roll with them as well. I think it's going to be kind of ugly too. We shall see. And like McCoy seems like the most roster, the most, most bankable guy in this game. And then the rest of it's basically some GPP. So notes. none of you are going to, none of you are going to gamble on, on Calvin, Calvin Benjamin. None of them. None of them. I don't, I don't think he's good. And I don't, I mean, who knows like how, how quick did he even learn the, like, the playbook? I 
I understand like the the, the, the depth chart <laughs> receiver at Buffalo is just an absolute disaster. I just don't think Benjamin's very good. That, that, that's just kind of my, my issue with him. He's yeah, so- traded Tuesday and playing Thursday. That that's that's an awful lot to ask. I expect limited snaps. Mm, I don't know. I, the, the the matchup is so beatable. He's got such an incredible catch radius. He's such a large red zone specimen. And Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator in Carolina. The GM Bean was uh, part of the front office when Calvin Benjamin was drafted. So there's some familiarity there. I'm really tempted. I mean, in redraft, <laughs> I'm rolling him out. But even at 20, I just, I'm really tempted if I were to include this game to 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 go for it. I, I do think it's an interesting – well, I mean, as far as uh, – I don't know how many snaps he's going to roll out there. Again, this is probably yeah. out there that it'll crack before. Uh, you know, this is Thursday afternoon, so there's uh, several hours before the game starts. And how much of the playbook does he know? Like, oh, just run a button hook or something. I, I don't well, we know. know we, can, we know we can run a go route, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fair enough. He bailed us out. I had I had a lot of Benjamin last week. Maybe that's what I'm just bitter because he wasn't very good last week. But um, you know he was in a good spot and he got a, a bailout touchdown. Maybe he'll do that today. We shall we shall see. With that, we're going to step aside and get out of here. Before we do that, Dalton, tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, just go on Twitter. I post all my stuff there at Dalton Dildon, and I'll be insufferable for the next couple days bragging about <laughs> the the Astros win. What was it? Oh, the Astros. I, I, yeah, I thought it was I post my, my Vegas ticket, and uh, it'll only be a couple more days, I promise. Then, then I'll stop, and I'll go back to uh, pouring out poor fantasy football advice. Enjoy it. Liz, where, where can the people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Liz Loza underscore FF. You can check out my podcast, the X's and Y's podcast on iTunes. And then, of course, please tune in to Fantasy Football Live, the season-long version, if you will, of this show every Sunday morning, 90 minutes before kickoff. $75,000 baller in the Yahoo lobby, $10 to enter, 10K if you bank it. That's good times. For Liz, for Dalton, I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week nine. We're out of here. Holler. <laughs>